All right, so this is going to be my first podcast attempt. Uh, uh, today I'm going to talk about Harry Dresden, uh, the book series and character, uh, written by Jim Butcher. Now, Butcher has said in some reviews that he began somewhere between 15 and I think 20-something books, and we're on book, what, 11, I think now? I was really looking forward to the latest installment of this series, uh, Ghost Stories. After the story changes, uh, he had so many loose ends, so many payoffs that hadn't happened yet. I, I was truly looking forward to seeing who we might interact with, and as many times before, Mr. Butcher uh, gave me characters and interactions that while they were very good, they were not the ones I was anticipating. In Deadbeat, we got to see uh, the only interaction uh, that has been truly uh, narrated with Dresden's father. Now, in the TV series, we do get to see Harry's father a little bit more often. I was really looking forward to seeing if we might get to see Mr. Uh, Dresden Sr., uh, and was kind of disappointed that we didn't. But I think that that might be, uh, there might be a reason for that. We get to see a lot of Margaret, but not a whole lot about uh, Harry's father, except that he's a generous man, uh, a charitable man gives of himself and has no magical talent, according to Harry. Now, considering that he, his father was able to protect Harry for a long period of time from Margaret's uh, enemies, does tell us that either he is a, a... Well, it tells us that Harry's underestimating his father significantly. Either he has a great deal of knowledge about the magical world, as Butter's is proven to have in ghost stories, uh, or his father has the same sort of powers that you get to witness that are not magical in nature, or not true magical, truly magical in nature, such as the powers bestowed upon priests and the Knights of the Cross. Which was something I was looking forward to seeing how that ended up being uh, played out. I am relieved that Karen Murphy did not hand out the, the Swords of the Cross uh, as she would have been tempted to do, but I'm also kind of disappointed that she didn't take up the sword, which as she was portrayed in ghost stories, kind of embittered, uh, rash, at war with herself, I think that that was a good choice. But I think it also shows a spiritual side to her that she has long neglected. Uh, in previous books, Karen Murphy was shown to be self-confident, uh, although she's had that confidence shaken several times. But she was always came back to the I can do it attitude. In this one, she's shown as I have to do it attitude which Dresden did also have in the end of changes. He didn't have an option. He felt pushed to do these things, and he did them, which whenever you feel that pressure, you make bad decisions, and that gets shown 
in the entire series over and over. So having that perception of Karen that is given in ghost stories, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that uh, pays out in the next book. One of the things that I am looking forward to is eventually getting a payoff of the initial book. In that book, reading over it uh, after, you know, periodically as the series goes on, I find many hints of what's been happening recently. Uh, we finally got to see the battle between He Who Walks Behind and Harry, and we get to see it, in Harry's view, from a new light. And I think that that should tell us many things. Uh, I am still very curious about the relationship between Dustin Demorne and Harry. Uh, in the movies or in the TV series, uh, Justin is portrayed as Harry's uncle who adopts him, um, which is never mentioned in the books. I haven't seen uh, or read enough of the comic books to know how it's portrayed there, but I haven't heard anything otherwise or haven't read anything otherwise. The particular payoff that I'm looking forward to from the first book is the evil wizard's children. ...that uh, Monica Sells hired to find her husband and basically take him down. Then it turned out that he was an evil wizard supplying the city of Chicago with, in the gaming world, what we would call glamour-imbued drugs. Drugs that allow the user to see the magical world. A third eye. Now that was sort of resolved, but I never really felt that that had a uh, truly closed feel to it. They haven't really touched on this much, and I think that that's partially because of just, quote-unquote, how much uh, Mr. Dresden is doing and how he is involved with the uh, police force. The drug trade has continued, and Johnny Barcone has taken that over uh, fairly solidly. But we know, uh, as indicated in this recent book, Ghost Stories, that Marcone's grip is slipping. He can't control everything, even though he is now a member of the Accords. He doesn't have any magical talent. He doesn't have so many things. So I'm, I'm wondering, what happened to those kids? They were apparently the offspring of one person who was magically talented, one person who was not, which would be the vast majority of people uh, who are descendants of wizards. Although it does have some Harry Potterish twinges to it of being mudblood and all that. I want to know what happened. Those children saw their parents be abusive to one another and their father becoming abusive of them. And then this guy comes in and takes care of the father. Even though the father was doing something that was illegal, those children would naturally still have an inclination to seek approval, to seek redemption of that image. In most cases, if they actually go forth and do the healthy thing and receive treatment, well, that's, that's another matter. Uh, and that's not something that we have ever seen uh, in the book series. And that is something I would like to see. 
at the end of changes, we also get sort of this hint that children are in danger uh, in, from every aspect of the magically inclined world. The human children are in danger, particularly those uh, of parents who are even marginally gifted. So these, these children have no protector, i.e. that the person who did have magical talent is no longer in the picture. Uh, but they still might be hunted because they might have magical talent. And that, that's something that we sort of come into in, in ghost stories with the uh, storyline attached to Fritz. And I, I have to say I really enjoyed Fritz's character. He was a nice counterpoint in many ways to Harry and did uh, act as sort of a opening for Harry or Mr. Butcher to talk a great deal about Harry's childhood and Harry's past and get to see that in a new light. As for Fritz's future, I am ho hoping that uh, he, we get to see some of that. We either get to see him become a member of the White Council or uh, become a trainee uh, to a Mortimer linguist. That would, for me, be a satisfactory ending, or at least a satisfactory continuation of that storyline. One thing that we did not get to see in Ghost Stories, which I understand and I'm kind of relieved about, we didn't get to see how the White Council is really dealing with things. We don't get to see the works, as it were, whenever, as whenever we got to uh, visit with Turncoat, uh, of course, Changes, and a few other books. Now, as for the central conflict of ghost stories, I am very happy with that. I'm, I have some trouble with the book. I can't say I really like it as much as I've liked some of the others, uh, partially because a few of my favorite characters are missing, although I am happy with uh, the way that Butters Butters' character got dealt with and actually is shown to be one of the better friends of Harry. And we actually do get to see that Mab and the Lananshi do take their priorities very seriously, their obligations very seriously. And we get to see them as both evil and, in some ways, benevolent uh, in their interactions with both Harry and Molly. The never-saw-a-body aspect of Harry's death, well, that was kind of a big tip-off from all points, all, all throughout ghost stories. We got to see that if there's no body, he's not dead, which it, it's a common enough trope that I'm not too unhappy with it. And the way he was killed, uh, I think, was predicted predominantly by the uh, fans of the series. And the way he was kept alive was actually something that many of us had guessed at and had been going, well, why doesn't this happen? And uh, kind of happy to say we, we guessed correctly. I am curious in many ways to see what will happen to him. Uh, I've, I've used that word 
quite a lot in this review, and I apologize, but it is, it is intriguing. It is interesting. It is exciting to see a writer who is really paying attention to the psychology of the characters and actually having them change throughout the book series. Because you do, you get, you get to see Harry become a little bit crueler, a little bit more jaded when it comes to dealing with things. He's still not the brightest crayon in the box, but he does have more experience to draw on. So he, he is, of course, becoming more and more like the uh, dark Merlin that appears after uh, King Arthur really betrays the court. So whenever we looked at that, whenever we look at it through the more classic tales, through the uh, lenses available to us via Joseph Campbell uh, and mythology, it, it is a very interesting take on uh, these tropes and these situations. I mean, in this situation, Harry got to deal very head-on in a very real way, take his, his journey through the underworld and confront the possibility that he may have actually turned evil. He may have, at some point, become a monster, and he will be a monster as uh, the little girl in the, the cemetery said. To one you are a monster, and to another you're a hero. Which I think is a very interesting cultural standpoint in today's world. As for the result of his trip to the underworld, I'm not, I'm not certain on that. We get to see that, or at least we are told, that a demon had influence on Harry's death. Well, why is that important? And in the grand scheme of things, whenever so-and-so demons or devils can cause others to commit suicide or to have themselves murdered, in this case, so what? And that's something that I don't think really gets treated, but that might come in a later book. <clears throat> One thing that really bothered me about ghost stories is uh, the mutability of time. I mean, we know that Harry, to his own mind, just died, and every once in a while he seems to remember that and remember, you know, these terrible things that he did just before his death and it causes him, you know, momentary pain and, and exasperation and frustration, and we get to see it, him distracted by these emotions and trying to deal with them, uh, though for everyone else in the world, it's, it's been six months. And whenever he gets to uh, interact with these people that he knew in life and loved and had relationships with, he doesn't really seem to be struggling with that as much as I think that sometimes he would be. Uh, so what I, I guess I'm saying is he confronts his, his most recent past at, in moments that are uh, narratively convenient 
not necessarily when they would have really uh, caused him uh, disturbance. Although in some other situations, uh, whenever we talk about the mutability of time, um, it gets said that ghosts don't feel time the same way that mortals do. There's no physical reality for us, for ghosts to truly be a part of, to truly experience time. So whenever Harry sets up these deadlines, for example, the first meeting with Fritz, uh, we go through quite a lot of narration between whenever he sets that up and the actual meeting, which is only supposed to be uh, 26 or 27 hours away. And 12 of those hours he would have been unavailable for anything because the sun would have been out and would have been, would have, you know, been eradicated. Uh, which has happened a few times before, but... I'm sitting there reading this going, okay, well, he's supposed to meet this kid at 11 o'clock over here. He is in a completely different part of town. Well, he won't have to deal with the physical traversing of this space, traffic jams, uh, accidents, all that. He will still have to move uh, mentally from this area to this area. Uh, but he does all of this action in between sunset and 11 o'clock, which felt to me like he would have taken, you know, considerably more time. Uh, he does more in four hours than I do in two or three work days. Uh, but he's a hero. He's supposed to. That's what he's paid to do, if anybody paid him to do that. So it does bother me, but I'm not sure that it would... Uh, it's not going to keep me from rereading the book over and over again and nitpicking. For more reviews, please visit us online at www.sidekickcomicsonline.com and you can follow me on Twitter at QWILLHawkeye. I would be very interested to hear your uh, 